0: It's great that you've decided to join this morning, Uh, whether you're tuning in online or you're here in the building. It's great to have you. Uh, Why don't you just stand as we get into worship this morning?
1: Who breaks the power? all that you've done for me Who brings our chaos Back into order Who makes the orphan A son and daughter The King of glory The King of glory Who rules the nations With truth and justice Shines like the sun in all of its brilliance The King of glory The King above all kings This is amazing grace This is unfailing love That you would take my place That you would bear my cross You lay down your life that I would be set free Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me And worthy is the Lamb who was slain Worthy is the King who conquered the grave Worthy is the Lamb who was slain Worthy is the King who conquered the grave Worthy is the Lamb who was slain Worthy is the King who conquered the grave Worthy is the Lamb who was slain Worthy, worthy, worthy Oh, this is amazing grace This is unfailing love that you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay down your life. That I would be set free. Ooh, oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. lift your name on high, Lord I love to sing your praises, and I'm so glad you're in my life, oh I'm so glad you came to save us, and Lord I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show the way. From the earth to the cross, my death to pay. From the cross to the grave, From the grave to the sky Lord, I lift your name on high and Lord, I lift your name on high Lord, I love to sing your praises I'm so glad you're in my life And I'm so glad you came to save us Lord, I lift your name on high.
2: Good morning. Wow, I haven't heard that song in like a hundred years. I think it's been a hundred years since I heard it, but it's a good one. It's a good one, right? It's good to sing some of the old ones sometimes. Wave to someone, say hi to someone as you're seated this morning. Thank you, you may be seated. Well, good morning. Welcome to Evangel Today. We're glad you're here. And uh, for those of you who are here in person, we're glad that you uh, chose to be here today. And for those of you who are watching us online, we're glad that you joined us as well. And uh, our prayer today is that uh, this service, with our worship and our prayers and the Word of God, will just touch our hearts and lives in such a way that uh, we encounter Him and we are forever changed uh, by the reality of who He is and how He comes and changes our lives. So we're, we're glad you're here. This may be the first time you're here and if it is we want to say to you that we want to be able to come alongside and support you and serve you and help you uh, in any way that we can and uh, the way that we've chosen to connect uh, most efficiently with you is to ask you if you would fill out the connection card you'll find in the pew chair in front of you if you just take it fill it out, and at the end of the service, you can take it to our welcome desk in the foyer and hand it in there, and you can indicate on there if if there's a a need that you have or or anything to how we might be able to help you, and there's a small gift there for you. So uh, we just want to be able to acknowledge you, recognize you, and assist you in any way that we can. A couple of announcements. Uh, Last week, we mentioned that on Sunday, September 25th, is going to be our fall uh, barbecue and uh, we haven't been able to have that for a while and so we're uh, we're hoping to be able to have that this year so we're planning on september 25th it'll be right after the service uh, on sunday morning the 25th the barbecue is completely free of charge everybody's welcome We encourage you to you can bring your family bring your friends uh, bring your enemies, bring, bring anyone you want to bring, and uh, there will be a great opportunity there for, uh, you know, just to, to enjoy some food, uh, activities for, for all ages, and so uh, just, just keep that in mind. Also, today at the end of the service, we actually have coffee, and uh, a lot of us haven't really seen each other much over the summer, and it's a good chance to, so if you can stick around for a while, if you like to have a coffee and just kind of uh, talk to one another, then uh, we invite you to stay and be a part of that today. As well, I'm going to invite the kids and the kids' leaders if you could make your way to the side and out this morning. And I'm going to shift our prayer time for needs to this part of the service today uh, because, as of today, I want to go back to providing opportunity at the end of the service for those of you who may want someone or need someone to pray with you. And uh, we haven't been able to do that for quite some time, but today uh, we are going to offer that opportunity. And so I want to be able to do the prayer for needs today in case later in the service uh, we're not able to include that in the live stream. And I want to make sure that we do that today. So as our ushers are preparing to receive our morning tithes and offerings, I just want to invite you to, to, to pray with me this morning. Father, We are so grateful today that we can come before you and lift up our needs and our burdens and our concerns to you. And today... We pray for Edith and we pray for your touch upon her body. We pray that you would lift the pain, that you would comfort and strengthen her and her family and just surround her in a very uplifting and loving way today. Father, we pray for Milt as well, that you would be with him. You would strengthen him and lead him. Lord, for Cammie, we pray for, Lord, the arthritis as she struggles, that you would just take her pain and give her relief and comfort today. We pray for, Lord, for... Um, Phil Keo as he recovers from surgery today. And we pray for Lord Phil Simeo's dad in the hospital. We pray for healing in his body today, Lord. And Father, we just lift up those who are grieving today and we pray, God, that you would just be a source of comfort and strength and and healing and ministry to them. And so, Lord, we we look to you today because we believe that you and only you are able to do in our lives what we need in in these regards. And so, Lord, we look to you today because we know that you are good and you are faithful to us and, and we ask you today to touch our lives and intervene. And Lord, I pray that you would bring comfort, strength, and your presence with us. We pray these things today in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you give this morning.
1: Holy, holy. I'll praise thy name in earth and sky and sea. blessed Trinity why don't you stand as you can you sing holy holy Moment, I'm away.
0: Just sing this
1: and sing of your love forever. Oh, I could sing of your love forever. And I could sing of your love forever. I could sing of your love. Could sing of your love forever. I could sing of your love forever. And I could sing of your love forever. I could sing of your love.
0: would you have your way in? Would every single day our prayer in the morning be, have my heart. God, you know how hard it is sometimes for us to give up control, but God, we give you our heart. We say that we live for you, that your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. I pray that we will be reminded that that you are always in control, God. We don't have to worry or be scared. We can trust you no matter what. So God, I just pray for this morning. God, I pray for everyone that's here, that's watching online. God, I just pray that for each and every one of us that's about to receive the message and is going to continue in worship through the service in that way, that we would just open our hearts to what you have to say for us. Would you continue to work on us in our hearts even during the course of this service? Be with Pastor Shannon as she shares? Would you just anoint the words and the message that he has? Would you speak through him, God? And thank you again just for the amazing privilege it is to be able to gather here. In your name we pray,
2: amen. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is found in 1 Samuel chapter 16. And we're going to be reading verses 1 and then 6 to 13. It says, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem, I have chosen one of his sons to be king. When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and had him pass in front of Samuel, but Samuel said, the Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse then had Shammah pass by, but Samuel said, nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse had seven of his sons pass before Samuel, but Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are these all the sons you have? There is still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, Send for him, and we'll not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. And the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the Spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. You may be seated. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, worship team, for leading us this morning. When I was growing up, our house sometimes reflected a value village. We were a large family with very limited resources, so people took pity on us and would often drop off secondhand clothes. And It was actually pretty exciting going through the bags and seeing all of the options and new things that we were getting. But on one occasion, the bags contained more than clothes. There were a few vinyl records in the bag. There was an Elvis Presley Christmas album, a Tennessee Ernie Ford gospel album, and a Donny Osmond album. Now, I wasn't really familiar you know with i was very familiar with tennessee ernie ford because my dad listened to it all the time was didn't really know a lot about donny osmond so this was a good opportunity for me to you know devil into dabble in the devil's world and listen to you know donny osmond secular music right and one of the big songs on this particular vinyl was puppy love and uh that was his big hit and so of course, puppy love is an expression that we use for a romantic attachment that we think is shallow because the ones that are in love are, well, they're too young to really know what true love is, so it's, you know, it's puppy love, right? It's, you know, later it's like full dog love, but now it's just, it's just puppy love. And if you look at the words of the song, the song is a desperate plea for someone to help him help others understand that the love he feels is real. It's, it's not puppy love. It's, it's real love, and he wants someone to help him because no one is listening to how he's trying to communicate and express his feelings and his love. As human beings, we sometimes wrestle to communicate our true feelings. It's, it's a struggle that many of us have. And, and sometimes trying to find the words for how we feel are difficult as well. And so we use expressions like, I'm falling in love, or, you know, love at first sight, or some of these expressions to try and express what it is that we're feeling, what it is that we're experiencing. Trying to get that from our heart through our lips and out is sometimes difficult. Now, an expression that we sometimes hear about two people are in love is two hearts that beat as one. And of course, there are a lot of songs about that. U2 has a song about that. Lionel Richie and Diana Ross did a duet about it. Phil Collins sang about it. Trying to describe what loving someone is like by suggesting that two of their hearts beat as one. Now, what I find interesting is there's actually a lot of research to suggest that when two people who are in love are in the same space, mostly earlier in their marriage, their heartbeats synchronize. Their heartbeats synchronize. Two hearts literally beating as one. And there's a lot of research to suggest that. And I've noted that when Jennifer and I are walking up really steep hills in 30 plus degrees Celsius, we experience that. Our hearts are just pounding at the same level, literally two hearts beating as one. But research suggests that in in intimate relationships, people's heart rates synchronize. Today, we're launching our fall sermon series, which we've entitled uh, Heart for God. And uh, we're basing it on the life of David, who is referred to in Scripture as a man after God's own heart. Two hearts. His heart and God's heart synchronizing, beating as one. And so today I hope to help us understand a little of what that means. That he was a man after God's own heart. That his heart was in sync with the heart of God. And as we do, for us to be reminded that God's approval of us is not based on our appearance or on our abilities or even our accomplishments, but in having a heart that aligns with his. Having a heart that aligns with his. his. And we'll begin today, our series today, with the beginning of David's story in 1 Samuel 16 which I read earlier, which is when he was originally anointed as the future king of Israel. So let's take a quick look today. We'll start with Saul's demise. And we have to start here because the stories of Saul and the story of David are tied together so significantly that you can't really consider one of them without the other. They're, they're, they're enmeshed. Their stories are connected And so, especially when you look at the early years of David's life, so much of it revolved around the life of Saul. Saul was the first king of Israel, and when the story of David begins in chapter 16, it marks the fading of Saul and the rising of David. We're told that Saul has been rejected by God because he has not been obedient to God. In 1 Samuel chapter 13, we read that Samuel went to Saul and said, listen, your kingdom will not endure. It's not going to last. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him ruler because you have not kept the Lord's command. You have not been obedient. You have not been aligned with me. And so you're done. The heart is often a reference to our seat of emotions, our passions, our appetites, our conscience our inclinations, how we reflect on certain things. To have a heart for God is to align one's heart with God. And so God's priorities become your priorities. When your heart aligns with God, God's priorities are your priorities. God's values become your values. God's desires and his will become your desires and your will. And so Saul didn't have a heart for God. He had his own priorities. Saul had his own values. He sought after his own desires and he satisfied his own will. Saul was selfish, angry, hateful, mean, jealous. His heart did not align with God's. So our story opens with Samuel mourning for Saul's failure as king. Mourning for him as an individual. Mourning for Israel as a nation. Also mourning, of course, because Samuel was a part of that whole process. You know, and, and it's, it's hard to see that failure. And so here he is. He's mourning about the failure of this king that God had rejected Saul and that a leadership change was, was now necessary. And he was grieving that. He was grieving that. And so God spoke to Samuel and he said, Samuel, it's time for you to stop grieving this. It's time for you to stop mourning for Saul. It's time for you to, to take the next steps in, in, in towards the future here. And I want you to go to Bethlehem. And I want you to go to the house of Jesse. Because one of Jesse's sons will be the next ruler of all of Israel. And when you get there, I want you to anoint him with oil, which was symbolic of the Holy Spirit, symbolic of being set apart for leadership. I want you to anoint him with oil so that they know that he is God's selection for future king. It's interesting the words God used here. God says, I have chosen one of his sons to be king. The word chosen, literally translated, actually means to be seen. To be seen. And so, what God is saying here is that God sees who it is that He wants the next king to be. He sees that person. And we will see that this theme of seeing becomes a very prominent theme in this whole selection process. But it starts with what God sees. God sees this person and has chosen this person based on what He sees be the next king. But it all starts with Saul's demise. Secondly, Samuel's evaluation. Samuel experienced somewhat of a dilemma with God's request. He wanted to be faithful to God. He wanted to go to Bethlehem and do what God had asked him to do. But the dilemma is he's afraid of, well, what's Saul going to do when Saul finds out that I have traveled to Bethlehem and I've anointed his successor, <laughs> he, he's not going to be a happy guy. In fact, he, he'll kill him. He knows he'll kill me. And so he's, he's scared. He's afraid to go. He knows God is asking him to do this. And there's a dilemma because he's, he's hesitant because he knows that if Saul finds out, there's going to be trouble. And so God provided for Samuel a secondary reason for making the journey. He says, "Uh, when you go, go to offer up a sacrifice in that town. But only invite a select few. Invite the elders of the town. Invite Jesse and his sons and that's it. Small group. And God said to him, you go do that and I'll show you what to do about the king when you get there. So Samuel arrived in Bethlehem. The elders were concerned when they saw him coming. I mean, you gotta understand, this is a small town, this is a an insignificant town. And all of a sudden, you know, Samuel, who is the you know the the high priest of Israel, is coming to their small town. There must be a problem. This there's no way that this can be good, that this must be bad. And so they go out to meet him and, and they're concerned, but Samuel assured them, listen, it's okay. You don't have to be afraid. I've come in peace. I've come to offer a sacrifice. It's, it's all good. It's all good. And he put, he put them at ease. Later we say, see that Samuel, in being introduced to the house of Jesse, sees Iliab, Jesse's oldest son, and he believed that Iliab was certainly God's choice. He, he must be the next king of Israel. And so he determined that, well, my work here is done. Here's here's the next king. But God says, no, hang on a minute. You're moving too fast. You can't make your decision, Samuel, based on his appearance or on his height or based on any outward indicators or but what your eyes are telling you by what you see because God doesn't see people the way we see people. God looks past the exterior, all the things that you're looking at, Samuel, to come to that determination. I'm looking past all of that. I'm looking into his heart, and God sees the heart of Eliab and says, he's not the one. He's not the one. And the brothers, one by one, began to pass in front of Samuel, but each time God told him, not the one, not the one. And at this point, Samuel experienced his second dilemma. God had made it clear that he had chosen one of Jesse's sons to be the future king, yet all of the sons had passed before him, and God said no to all of them. So, like, you know, God, like, what is it? You know, you you told me one of the sons were king, he's presented all his sons, and you said no. And so, as Samuel wrestled with the dilemma, all of a sudden he said Are these all the sons? Do you have any other sons? And Jesse said, Well, yes, I I have one other son, the youngest, literally translated the smallest, and he's out tending the flock. It's interesting that Jesse didn't even think to invite David to this process to meet Samuel. In his own father's eyes, David was small. Young, insignificant in terms of his position in the family. He certainly wasn't king material. Jesse didn't see David like God saw David. God saw David's heart. His father saw the exterior things. And so then we get to God's selection. As Samuel's request, Jesse sent someone to the fields to get David and bring him into the house to meet Samuel. The moment he entered the house, God spoke to Samuel and said, He's the one I've chosen. Anoint him. And David was anointed in front of his brothers and in front of his father, and they were witnesses that this was God's choice. This was God's decision. This was the one. Who God had chosen to be the future king of Israel. And they were witnesses to that in their home that day. He was young and insignificant to them, but he was God's choice because he had a heart for God. God's priorities were David's priorities, God's values were David's values. God's desire and will were David's desire and will. Their hearts were in sync. Their hearts were aligned. And so God said, he is the one. The one who has a heart for me. The one whose heart aligns with mine. And it says that from that day on, the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, came upon David in power. Not just symbolically by the oil, but... In actuality, empowering him for the rest of his days. As we look at this text today, I believe that there are lots of um, ways that applications that we could look at. There are just two that I would like to focus on today. The first is on being seen. You guys can take this because this is not seem to be working. Being seen is really important to a lot of people. And so they invest significant energy into being noticed. And there are different contexts for that. Like it might be that, you know, a, a relationship and you, you want someone to see how you feel about them. And so, you know, you, you don't want to be that unnoticed person. You know, you want to be someone who's seen by that person. You, you want to get their attention. And so we want to be seen. It might be in your career and you might have career aspirations and you, you wish that, you know, your boss or someone in the company or the organization would see you, see your contribution, see your value, see your work, and give you the opportunity that you desire because you feel like you're not being seen, you're not being noticed. And so there are a lot of people for different reasons that, that want to be seen. There are also a lot of people who do not want to be seen. They don't want to be seen. They don't want attention. They avoid the limelight. They just want to quietly live their lives without drawing a lot of attention. They they don't want to be seen. There are other people who go to great lengths to create an image of themselves that they want others to see and believe about them. That's external only. I think that I believe that most of us, wherever we fall in all of that, could say that if we are seen, if we are seen, we want to be seen for who we really are. We want to be seen for who we really are. Because being seen for who really, we really are is a challenge. It's a challenge because human beings, as human beings, we tend to be like Samuel. That, that's our tendency, and we tend to evaluate other people based on appearances and we fail to look deeper so often people don't look beyond the surface to see who we really are and in the same way we sometimes don't look beyond the surface of others to see who they really are and so I believe if if we're going to be seen we want to be seen for who we really are now like David in our scripture some of you today are young and some people can't seem to see past that to your heart. I mean, here's, here's a reality of raising children, right? Our children are growing up, but it's hard for us to come to grips with the fact that they're adults now. And then they move out and go to university, and then for some godforsaken reason, they come back into your house, and you continue on like it was before they left, and they're like, oh no, like I'm, I'm independent, I'm an adult now. It's like, oh no, 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 you're still... Little whoever, right? Because that's how we see. And some of you here today, you might be young and, and people can't seem to see past that to see your heart and to see your character and to see your contribution because you're young and you're just not given that credibility. You're not given the opportunities that you could have been given or should be given because you're young. Some of you are on the other end of that spectrum. You're older now. And many see you as expired. You're like bad milk. <laughs> You're past your date. You know, and you, you've you had your day. Many will look and say, oh, you know, you've had your day. Your contribution, that's great and it's time, but... Yeah, you know what, Like, we're not really going after you right now. In fact, I'll say this, I think one of the greatest losses in society today is the fact that we've stopped valuing the wisdom and experience of older people. I'll put that out there. And all the older people said? So you just admitted, you're expired. Thank you. Now I can relate somewhat to both groups today, you know, because I have been young and now I'm older. I've been both ends of that I've had the experience of being younger and experiencing the rejection of my peers as a younger pastor because God provided opportunities for me that they felt I didn't deserve because I was too young and I was too young but that's God's problem not mine But I remember as a 31-year-old, newly minted lead pastor of a significant church, going to conference and and finding my peers and having an older pastor walk up to me and just rip me down. Who do you think you are? (laughs) Well, I'm looking for who they think they're talking to. But who do you think you are? I have been in the ministry X number of years and I have never been given an opportunity to pastor a significant church like that and you're 31 years old and, you know, who do you think you are? You have no right. It's hard when you have those encounters with a man of God, a seasoned one at that, and all I could say was, you're just going to have to talk to God about it. You're just going to have to talk to God about it. So I've, I've experienced that. You're too young for this. You shouldn't be given this opportunity. I've had that, and some of you have been here. But I've also lived long enough that within my world of pastoring, you know, experiencing that decline. And in many ways, at my age and my profession, I am also viewed as expired. I am. Experiencing the decline in Being asked to be a part of certain things or given opportunities or consulted on things because, well, you're just, you kind of had your day and you're kind of moved off the scene and you're older now. So I've had both worlds. The truth is this. People may see us this way. You're too young, you're too old, you're too this, you're too that. People may see us this way, but God doesn't. God doesn't. God's track record, if you read Scripture, God's track record is in picking the really young and picking the really old and, and lots in between. You know, and, and often it's always the most unlikely or least expected. And so I want to encourage you today, don't, don't believe others and don't believe yourself because sometimes we're our own worst enemies, aren't we? When you're made to believe that you're too young, you're not too young. You're not. You're not too young. Don't believe that. Don't believe others and don't believe the story you're telling yourself, you know, that you're, you're too old. You're not too old. Yeah, you're too old for certain things. I mean, let's, come on, right? Let's admit it, you know? We're too old for certain things now, but we're not too old for everything, and sometimes we get to that point where, where age affects us and we're not able to do certain things like we could do, you know, and, and, and all of a sudden we come to the conclusion, well, if that's the case, I don't have any contribution anymore. That's not true. You're not too old. It's not true. If you align your heart to God's, if God's priorities Are your priorities. If God's values are your values, if God's desire and will is your desire and will, He will see you. He will see your heart, not what others see. He will see you and He will accept you and He will use you to accomplish important things. Young people in this church, you have a lot of important. Things to accomplish. Older people in this church, there's still a lot that you have to accomplish. And in between, even more for you. So I'm not letting you off the hook. Your parents may not see you, your children may not see you, your boss may not see you, your teacher may not see you, your pastor may not see you, but God does. God does. He sees us in at whatever point in life we are. He sees our hearts and there is always a place and there is always a purpose for those whose hearts align with his. And secondly, waiting. Most biblical scholars estimate that David was approximately 15 years old when he was anointed to be king by Samuel. Some believe maybe as young as 12, some as old as 17, but the majority of people kind of hit it at 15. So let's just use that number. He's 15 years old. He's pulled from the fields and he's anointed by Samuel as a 15-year-old boy to be the future successor to Saul and the future king of Israel. It would be about 15 years because we learn that Saul died when David was 30. And that's when he became king at Hebron. And it would be 15 years from the age of 15 to the age of 30 before he become king of Hebron. But the king of Hebron was not the king of all of Israel. It was just one part. And there would be another seven and a half years before he would become the king of Israel. As Samuel said that day in his father's house. 22 and a half years. That's a long time. That's longer than he had lived up to that point. That he waited from the moment it was announced to the moment it was realized. And in total, we're told that he would rule for 40 years. Seven and a half in Hebron and the rest in Israel. Waiting is hard. Waiting is really hard hard especially especially when it comes to god waiting is really hard when it comes to god we don't want god to delay we don't want god to be slow we want god to act Now, we want God to answer us now. We want God to lead us now. We want God to speak to us now. We want God to open the right doors now. We don't want to wait because waiting is hard. It's hard. And David understood this, waiting for more than 22 years to see God's promise of becoming king of Israel fulfilled. If you read the Psalms and you read many that are attributed to David, it's remarkable how many times David says these words, How long, God? (laughs) How long? How long? He was a good waiter. But he had to wait and it was hard. I believe that what makes waiting for God possible, what makes it possible Is trust. That's the only way we can really wait for God. Is trust. Because even in the delay. We believe. That God will be true to his word. Because we trust him. And so David took from that. Experience in his home as a 15 year old boy. He took that trust into his heart. And he waited. And he waited. And he waited. Trust is central to having a heart for God. Some of Saul's biggest missteps were his eagerness to get on to things and taking things into his own hands and creating a mess of it. But David waited. Trust is central to having a heart for God. We align our hearts to his, his priorities, his values, his desires, his will. And then even after doing all that, We wait. We wait. In trust, we wait. Not taking it into our own hands, not forcing something to happen, but we wait. Trust. There's a song that kind of came to my memory this week as I was writing the sermon, and it's been around for a while, and Jen, I think you used to sing it. I think that's why I know it. The song is called, Trust His Heart. And if you could just bring up the slide, I have the chorus there. The chorus goes like this. God is too wise to be mistaken. God is too good to be unkind. So when you don't understand, when you don't see his plan, when you can't trace his hand, trust his heart. I I don't know how long you've been waiting. I, I don't know what it is you're waiting for. But the life of David reminds us that waiting is rooted in trust and trust is a very important part of having a heart. I'm going to invite our worship team back. And as I conclude this morning, I just want to remind us, God sees you. He sees you beyond the surface. He sees you beyond the exterior. He sees you beyond the front that sometimes you work so hard to put on. He sees you right inside. And when your heart aligns with his, when he sees in you a heart that aligns with his, you will always have a purpose. You will always have a place. And it won't matter how young or how old or in between you are. Waiting is hard. But waiting is rooted in trust. And trust is a very important part of having a heart for God. God's approval of us is not based on our appearance, our abilities, or our accomplishments, but in having a heart that aligns to his. Would you stand with us this morning? As I said earlier in the service, a normal part of our service is here up until covid was having an opportunity on sunday morning for someone to pray with you if there was a need that you had and during this season we've had to make adjustments and we still pray for you and we pray about you and we include you but sometimes we need someone to pray with us don't we and so this morning i want to provide that opportunity back again and as Andrew and the worship team lead us for a few moments I'm going to step down here to the front and if you'd like someone to pray with you about something then I would encourage you to come while they're doing that and I I will pray with you if you're concerned about the live streaming no one on live stream can see anything behind these cameras it's only what's in front so your privacy is not a concern in that regard And if that's something you'd like to do, then I invite you to do it. If it's not something you're comfortable to do at this time, that's understandable too. And I will wear a mask for for those of you who may feel more comfortable with that. But I want to end our service today with giving you that opportunity. So Andrew, would you lead us this morning?
1: deep inside my heart, you've won, I know you've overcome. you. Lord, I'll trust you all the same. While I wait, I will worship. Lord, I'll worship your name. While I I will trust you, Lord. I'll trust you all the same faithful every day. Your promise is remain. Faithful every day, your promise is remain, you're faithful every day, your promise is remain. Faithful every day Your promises remain Though I don't understand it I will worship with my pain you are God, you are worthy, you are with me all the way. So while I wait. You, all the same. And while I wait, I will worship, Lord, I worship Your name. While I wait, I will trust You, Lord, I'll trust the same while I wait, I will worship Lord I'll worship your name while I wait, I will trust you Lord I'll trust you all the same, you're faithful every day, your promise is remain, you're faithful every day, your promise is remain. Your faithful every day, your promises remain, you're faithful every day, your promises remain. every day, your promises remain, you're faithful every day, your promises remain. Trust you, Lord. I trust you all the same while I wait. I will worship, Lord. I worship your name while I wait.
2: Let's pray. Father, this morning, thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for your work in our lives. Thank you for what you're doing, even when we can't see it. Thank you for each and every one who's here this morning. Some have expressed their need, others bear it quietly. And I just pray, whatever the situation this morning, that they would sense your presence feel you ministering to them in a powerful way. Lord, as we leave this place today, may we all be reminded how important it is for our hearts to align with your heart. That we would be people who are, have a heart for God. True heart for God. And God, I pray that you would help us as we find our place As we fulfill our purpose. Pushing aside all of the voices. Tell us otherwise. And listening clearly for your direction. Of how you might want to use us in whatever stage of life we are in. And Father, while we wait. While it's hard to wait. We will worship. We will pray. We will wait on you. We will trust you. Even when we don't understand it. Will look to you. Lord, as we leave this place today, I pray that you would guide us and lead us. Thank you that we are never alone, that you never forsake us. You're always with us. And Lord, as we leave this place today, would you work in our families and in our lives and in our communities and our workplaces, our schools, wherever we find ourselves today? Lord, would you use us for your glory? Show Jesus to a hurting and broken world, we pray they might find hope in you too. Thank you that we could gather here this morning. Pray your blessing on each one, whether they're here in person or watching from home. We ask this in Jesus' name today. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. We do have coffee. We'd love to spend some time, to have you spend some time here this morning. So if you you don't have to rush off, invite you to stay. God bless you. Thank you.